Welcome to the Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company and sponsored by the Points Bet Sportsbook. The Baseball Show on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. to the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. You can watch the show on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Black and Abdallah with you till 8 o'clock. It's the baseball show. And Abdallah, to start things off tonight here on the baseball show, the Cubs and the Pirates. Uh, first pitch in a couple of minutes uh, out in Pittsburgh. John Lester on the mound. Interesting weekend, though, for the Chicago Cubs. There's a lot to get into with the Chicago Cubs. We can get into Kyle Schwarber. We can get into the core four uh, basically not hitting or all hitting around 200. And the fact that the Cubs over the weekend only scored two runs. It's an interesting weekend. Ah. Way to sugarcoat crappy. Well, I mean, like, listen. It's a cra- it was a crappy where they scored two runs. There's a lot to get into with this team. They, they won a game one to nothing where Kyle Hendricks had to battle through the entire game. And then uh, we, they gave him no run support whatsoever. They gave him one run, and he, with Cunning and Guile, got the job done. A good outing from him. And then nothing for two games. One other run in two games. And now you've got, you move Bryant down into the, into the fifth spot in the lineup, and hopefully he, you, you pull Schwarber in a game. I mean, yeah. it's just... Uh, with, with a week to go until the playoffs wait, wait, wait. Ho- start... Hopefully what? You, you said you, you, put, you put Chris Bryant in the fifth... Spot in the lineup, and hopefully what? I don't know what he's finally going to start hitting. I, I'm just finally giving start you playing like an I'm MVP. I'm just giving you the 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 speak the the edict that is coming from from Wrigley. Yeah, that for the last two and a half years. Well, we hope they can hit because in a week it's real. You got two series left. You got four against Pittsburgh and, and three against the White Sox. That's it. And then the playoffs start next week, and yeah. and hopefully they can hit. Hopefully it comes together. And that's where we start tonight with our first pitch. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch, and I have to say this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right. There's your first pitch and then some. On ESPN 1000. I have to laugh at that because uh, the Cubs and the Pirates, so obviously the Cubs will have a chance to kind of get fat and happy against the Pirates before they face off against the White Sox over the weekend. Here in the final week of the baseball season, we'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. All calls welcome here on the show. And so let's talk about Kyle Schwarber. He was benched yesterday, and I heard Waddle and Sylvie talking about it with Mark Gian Greco. And I thought the same exact thing when I saw this take place over the weekend. I thought to myself, oh, look at this. Here's Rossi. Hard A manager showing up here at the end of this season. How interesting is this? Remember how the season started? Everything is sun- sunshine and balloons and lollipops and puppy, puppy dog. dogs. Puppy dog kisses. Because David Ross is here. Yeah. They finally 
have a professional manager. Do you remember that was thrown about? Oh, yeah. Professional manager, David Ross. Finally. Finally. Here's what's interesting. With Kyle Schwarber Mm -hmm. being pulled from the game after that poor defensive play, I want to kind of put a a, a mark there uh, on this moment to kind of follow what happens to Schwarber from here on out. Does David Ross get more production out of the bat from Kyle Schwarber and better defensive play? Or does David Ross, who all of a sudden takes a turn where now he's the hard A manager, showing this guy that he cannot lollygag out in the outfield anymore, even though he's allowed Javi Baez at times to do so on the base pads, right? That, that has happened in this baseball season. Um, I, I wonder if... David Ross's style will get more out of Kyle Schwarber going forward, and he's in the lineup tonight for the Chicago Cubs. But I thought that this was an interesting development from over the weekend. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's odd timing because now you decide to sit on the top step and aggressively chew your gum and make these aggressive moves. Right. Like, I get A it. Hard A manager. But Come on. At the same time, it's not like... I don't think Schwarber did anything that egregious either. Just like the same thing, I don't think Javi did anything that egregious. I don't believe in this, we've got to take adults out of games to prove a point. These are adults. This isn't a kid that you're trying to teach a lesson to. You pull him aside if you want to in the bottom part of the inning or top part of the inning, whatever it was, and you, you say to him, hey, what the hell happened there? And he goes, I'm sorry, it's my bad. You know, I just, I wasn't, you know. And then, what, we're benching, we're benching adults now? Well, this well, is ridiculous. Okay, but, but isn't that the baseball way where you're either the hard A manager or you are the millennial friendly guy, the Joe Cool guy who they had before who allowed the players to just do whatever they wanted? Like, isn't it one or the other? Because, like, you, you brought up a good point. It's not like this hasn't happened this season already. I mean, we've seen Ian Happ make a horrendous plays in center field this season. Mm-hmm. We've also seen him seen him be great for the Chicago Cubs and mm-hmm. improve defensively. So, like, he, here's what I'm asking: If it was anyone else, would they have been made the example that Schwarber was just made? You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like if, if it was Rizzo, or well, if it, was... if it was Rizzo, if it was Bryant, if it was Baez, it has been Baez. Okay, so why have they not been pulled from games? Why? Like, it, you I want to know why, Chris? No, I feel as if Schwarber's the easy target because we know he's not any good in the outfield. No, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's because they put up two runs in their last three games. I think it's because, you know, bef- you've, you've lost two in a row to the Twins. The offense can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. I think that they he just took essentially all of their frustrations and said, this is my time to, you know, if you had a teacher that would, you know, like throw a garbage can or something like that or trying to get the class's attention. Like, I think this was trying to get the class's attention. I think this was the, hey, we got a week left. Right. It's blank cutting time. What have I called it before? Cashew cutting time? Almonds cutting time? I think that's what the promo says. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's Mm -hmm. cashew cutting time. Maybe pistachio cut in time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my point is that it's it's time to get into gear. And right. it, but it has been all season. Sixty games. That's it. You're supposed to be well, in gear all season. But once again, that's why David Ross, the manager who fixes everything, it's surprising that this comes out now. Let's go to Tom in Plainfield. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Well, I mean, I, I, you pretty much just said what I had said to your producer. Is I don't think this was intended just as a message to Kyle Schwarber. I think this is a 
a message to the entire team that look, you know, we need to we need to be what you had said. You know, do you pull adults out of games? No, you pull professional athletes out of games if they're not doing their job as a professional athlete. I'm across the board, and this might have been what he was looking for to be able to pull, make that point. So I don't, I don't necessarily say that it's just Kyle Schwarber and this one situation. Yeah, it's a good call, yeah, Tom. Good we call appreciate it. We appreciate your phone call, 312-332-3776. You know, it's kind of going against what you said, and I, I agree with what Tom is saying because you have to do your job. I get it. You don't want to um, – you said, what are we, pulling adults out of games? But then again, why are adults and pro ball players playing that way in the field? No, I understand that. I just believe in handling business in-house. And while he did, of course, David Ross was asked about it after the game, and he said, no, it's nothing injury-related, but I'm going to keep that in-house. And then, of course, Kyle Schwarber was asked about it. You and I are talking about it right now, so it became a thing. Like, it's become well, something because you did something. This is what caught my ear and my eye. Kyle Schwarber, after the game, this is how he reacted. He said, it's not the ideal way to learn from it, but I think I can take a lot of different punches. I pride myself in being a team guy and a guy who's going to play 120% every play. Now, you get taken out of the ball game. It was your mistake. Mm -hmm. But then when you're asked about it after the game, you say that you don't think it's the ideal way to learn from it. I, I thought Ross was their guy. No? Or am I reading too much into this? I thought this quote was very interesting from Kyle Schwarber. He's saying that the way Ross handled it was not the way, not the quote, it's not the ideal way to learn from it. But I can take a lot of different punches. I mean, Schwarber did the right thing in the way he's reacting. He's in the lineup tonight, batting fourth, playing left. But I, I thought it was, I thought that that was a strange quote to see. Yeah, and you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago. A couple comments in the chat. Uh, Scass on, on, on Twitch says, cool, where was this message like a month ago? Like you're doing this a week <laughs> before the season ends, really? I, I mean, and then uh, Roderick James, who's a great uh, uh, chatter in Roderick. there as well, wouldn't a wake-up call right before the playoffs begin be the time to do it? So you've got people that, mm. you know, see it both ways. Where was this all season? But also, it's this is the perfect time for a wake-up call because you have a week left. You're playing the Pirates, so you can, you know, get on them if you want to. And then you've got the White Sox, who beat the beat the crap out of you before. And so you've got to respond and then you're and then you're going into the playoffs. Like this thing starts in a week. Ted and Berwin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ted? Gentlemen, how's it going? Well, good, man. What's up? Great. Um, I'm not totally against uh, the method. Um, how he wanted to send that message by pulling Schwarber out or putting someone who made a mistake out. But I do not think um, he would have done that or will do that to Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo. Uh, this should have been done to Bryant a long time ago. That's one thing. Um, secondly, real quickly, uh, I am uh, totally against how he just went out, our manager did, at the very beginning of the year and made someone and declared someone who did not warrant this our best player, Chris Bryant, when Javier Baez has been our best player the last two years. And then he went out and declared someone our ace pitcher, who's a great pitcher and has been fantastic for us for three years. But he did not perform the way that our true ace did last year, and that should have been our ace. And I think that had something to do with um, Javi's uh, confidence uh, going into the season. And I just want to know what you guys think about that. That's interesting. Ted, who is the pitcher you're talking about? Who do you declare as their best pitcher who's not their best pitcher? 
Oh, Ted, yeah, lo- we lost him. I mean, I, I think we all kind of thought that you Darvish is the best pitcher, right? Didn't I thought we so. That yeah, and he has season? been this season. He has been going back to the, ha- so the halfway point so of last Ted's season. So Ted suggesting that Ross thinks Lester is well, the best pitcher of the team, even though he's not? They are friends. Well, I mean, but that, that doesn't that go back to the concerns that we all thought in, and talked about no. when Ross was named nope. manager? Nope. I was, was told, that this guy I was, was too told, close to some of these guys? That's not what I was told. I was told that this guy is a professional and that the players will take him seriously and he's he's got he's got the heart. We can't see it because he's always got the mask pulled up, so props to him for I was wearing the mask, but he's got the hard chew going, the hard gum chew going. So, uh, you know, we, we, we we've, we've seen this. Him being oh, a professional. That's what we've what's, seen. What's the hard chew? The hard, the, the hard chew. What is I'll, that? I'll do it for people on Twitch. It's All right, here's standing, a bell. He's going to start acting standing, here in the studio. He's standing on, he's yeah, sitting he, up on the top he step. Give he's, a hard chew. he's looking over, he's doing the, yeah. he's almost chewing in a circular motion. It's the, it's like a, an aggressive chew. I don't want to hurt Did you my make teeth. noise when you did I don't want to hurt my teeth. I don't have stuff in my, I, don't, I heard, I heard a bit of a. Is that your teeth? Are your, yeah. your teeth is. Oh, okay. That's weird. I got hard teeth, bro. Well, we've hit a new low here on the baseball I show. I drank a lot of milk growing up. Black and Abdallah Does on the ESPN body good. 1000. Uh, coming up next. Not anymore, we... though. Mm-mm. What? Can't do dairy anymore because oh. you get older. I, I thought you had a cub thought. Well, <laughs> the, the cubs are a lot like yeah, milk. Yeah, right, right. The cubs yeah. are a lot like okay. milk. Yeah, they're a lot like milk. Well, yeah. They're great when they were younger. Now, yeah. Can't tolerate them that much. All right. We'll keep our eyes on the Cubs and the Pirates. Also, the White Sox and the Indians. The bottom of the three in Cleveland, the Indians lead 4 nothing in that contest. We're keeping our eyes on both baseball teams as we talk to you at 312-332-3776. It's the final week of the Major League Baseball season. Your thoughts on the shortened season, the new rules. We'll talk about it next. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This hour is brought to you by The Book at Hollywood Casino in Aurora and Juliet. Cubs, socks, and so much more. This is The Baseball Show. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. We're talking baseball with you at 312-332-3776. Some good interaction on Twitter and also in the chat on Twitch. You can watch us at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Rudy tweets the show at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Hey, wait, is this the team with guys who are all, quote, great in the room and all giggles and fun and chatter in the dugout? Hmm. Talking about the Chicago Cubs. That's a great tweet from Rudy. Uh, Cedric says uh, it wasn't because Kyle Schorber made a bad play. It was because he didn't hustle to retrieve the ball once it went over his head. And that's why he was pulled from the game. It's something we were talking about just a couple minutes ago and whether or not Ross was right to pull Schwarber from the game. I think he was right to pull him from the game. I think the question that I have is why hasn't he managed this way before? When you see mistakes in the field, it seems as some players have gotten t- gotten a pass to this point. Tavi. Well, Javi, yeah. Javi. Javi's gotten a pass. Ian Happ. I mean, he's your best bat in the lineup this year. Ian Happ is is for lack of effort. 
No, but but listen. Like that's the thing is Schwarber's was a lack of effort. Javi's was a lack of effort. If you're trying and you just can't do it, then you're not going to punish someone for that. Like if you make a bad play in the field, you're trying. You're not like like he missed the ball and then he quote lollygagged when he was trying to get it. You know, like Javi. You lolly- just like saying lollygag. Holly- yeah, because it's super old timey baseball. Oh yeah, Javi lollygagged lolly-gag. out of the box, and that's uh you know that's the that that's the issue. The issue with those two was effort. The issue with Hap, I don't think, is ever effort. Okay, so if we go back in history. So the first time someone said lollygag, mm-hmm. what do you think? What was the situation there? Um, Sports, hmm. otherwise, like, like, do you think it's someone who was walking into like they were they were in a line of people and there was one guy who was way way back there and someone turned around and said, "Look at him, he's lollygagging," and then everyone um, around him was like, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Look, he's slow." I believe. The Are you first, looking up the the actual definition? Well, I am, but I'm trying to think of the first time I heard it. I think it was in was it in Bull Durham? Is that the baseball movie, the old timey baseball yeah, yes, movie that yes. I'm? Pres- you you know yeah. that Bull Durham is the movie. Okay, so it was like when they're lollygagging around the field and they're lollygagging and lollygagging, and it's like okay, cool, all right, all right. Um, I it, it I, apparently it started in the uh, the uh, mid 19th century of unknown origin in the oh. 20s. It meant uh, uh, parts uh, unknown, a meaning today a purposeless activity or fooling around, spending time aimlessly or dawdling or dallying. Okay, all right. I'm just letting you know. What was the year? Uh, this says ni- 1900, early 1900s. Okay. All right. Does that do it for you? Good to know. Do you need more? No, that's that's it. Do you want to hear Google pronounce it? Do you want to hear Google pronounce it or no? No, no I'm no? good. Okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, Raphael says that he... Uh, to fool around and waste time. We were slow because the girl was lollygagging. The photographer was photographing. And I was on crutches. That's what... That's the... That's the... Raphael says uh, Schwarber just hit a double, so it must have worked. Oh. Getting pulled from the game. Okay. Shout out to Raphael. Okay. Good good for Schwarbs. Did he hustle for that double, or was it like off the wall, or how did that work? Can I ask you about the Chicago Cubs core four? Y- yes. I-, I think over the course of the next week, if not the next two weeks, because the way the baseball playoffs are going to work, we're going to get right into it, and whether or not this team excels and moves on to the next round or continues on, Deep in the NL playoffs, we may have an answer on this team, the Chicago Cubs, within the next two weeks. Hopefully they continue playing baseball past that point. But if we get that answer, the question I have for you is, is this the end for the core four? And the core four to me of this group is Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber. Those four individuals have been talked about have been uh, hyped for years as they they came up through the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the great columns and articles we read about the power of Schwarber at Indiana and the things that he he was doing there while while Theo Epstein sat in the stands scouting him as his next great player to match with Chris Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. Is this the end of that group? And what I mean by that is you look at the stats from this season – Kyle Schwarber batting 190, Rizzo 210, Javi Baez 205, Chris Bryant 197. 
I mean, this is by far the worst that this core four group has performed together. And we've heard over the course of the last couple of seasons that the offense breaks each and every year, that they need to find something different with the offense, but then the players are the same each and every year. And I wonder if this offense continues to break down the stretch like we saw over this weekend, only scoring two runs. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we get to a point this offseason that finally Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer break up the core four and they try and do something different. They either trade Chris Bryant to get prospects back, they move someone else, they give up on Schwarber. Do you think this is the end of that core four group that won a title in 2016? Um, Hmm. I don't think so, because right now, I don't know what you're getting back for these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're getting. Are you getting the top prospects that you want for Chris Bryant? He certainly wants the most money, like not the most, actually, but he wants top player money, as Scott Boris has alluded us to. You know, I think that it's more likely that you're going to sign Javi long term than you are Chris Bryant, just because of who uh, Chris Bryant's agent is. I don't think Rizzo's going anywhere. Um, but he'll need new paper soon. He will need new paper soon. Contreras will also need new paper soon. Schwarber, haven't the Cubs been waiting forever for Schwarber because they just assumed that there would be a DH in the National League? And now that there is a DH, like they were like, well, finally. Like, wasn't that the whole thing? Wasn't there? They, yeah, yeah. They yeah were that was to... the Theo Epstein scheming the system so then he would have a DH. Yeah. The problem with that is that this is the season you can have one. <laughs> And Kyle Schwarber has 10 home runs, 21 RBI, batting 190, 306, and 393 for his slash numbers. Yeah, and I don't think... I you don't can think probably th- find better. I have a feeling that they're not going to be able to get what they want back for these guys because teams are going to look at their stats and lowball them. And so I think everyone is back until, until the contract runs out with Chris Bryant, until you absolutely have to extend Javi, until you absolutely have to extend Contreras and Schwarber, and then you have to extend uh, Rizzo as well. I think that you're going you're gonna to get a deal on Lester because you're going to cut about $10 million of his dollars because the buyout's for $10 million. So you're probably going to, if you bring him back, you're probably going to give him like $12 million or something like that. So that saves you 8 or $9 million right there. And I think that you can, you know, you're going to need another... You're going to need some something else at pitching. So for starter, you're going to need something else. Oh, of course. Else. So you you're going to have to spend money. I just don't know if they're going to and they probably and that is another reason why you still have these guys under contract. And yeah, they're going to go to arbitration or whatever, but that's still not going to be the maximum value of what you're going to end up paying them. So I think that these guys are all back. <laughs> Top two, the Cubs have scored. It's one nothing Chicago Cubs. Baez reaches on a bunt single. And Schwarber scores one nothing Cubs in the top of the second in Pittsburgh. So there you go. The Cubs with the lead the hard early. chomp is working. Yes, uh, the hard A chomp from a David Ross, the hardo manager who is friends with everyone, but now his law is the new rule in the clubhouse. He is the law. That's Judge Dredd. Yeah, no, I know. I am the law. He is the lead. We'll talk about this short season for the baseball season, 60 games. What did you like of this season? We're in the final week already. It's here. We'll talk about it next. The Baseball Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is the show about the show. Were you even in the show, man? This is the Baseball Show. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. 
You see we have a body armor on display here in the studio. Can't hear you. Your mic's off. People heard me. What'd you say? I said people heard me. Okay. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the baseball show. And this Anthony Rizzo update is hydrated by body armor. That's delicious. Did that taste good? That's delicious. Pretty good, right? With potassium-packed electrolytes, no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes, ditch your old sports drink and switch body armor. Yesterday, Rizzo went one for four with a strikeout as the Cubs lost to the Twins for nothing. Rizzo has already uh, taken one at bat in Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, 0 for 1 on the evening for Anthony Rizzo as we're keeping our eyes on the Cubs and the Pirates. The Cubs lead one nothing in the bottom of the second. And that Rizzo update is hydrated by body armor. Delicious, right? It's great. I don't the, know if you're supposed to do Clementine this. The orange Clementine one is delicious. It is. It's great. I'm having it right now, obviously, yep. as you heard me drink it. Yep. I don't know if you're supposed to do this. Yeah. But the tropical coconut one, yeah. a little vodka in it, <laughs> delicious. Well, my, my wife was mixing this, the orange, the orange one, one. Yeah. The orange one with uh, sparkling water yeah. yesterday. I mean. And she was like, it's good. This is really good. But you take that little, little pina colada for you with the Whoa. tropical one. Well, I had that one with me on the course the other day. It was mm-hmm. delicious. So yeah. That a uh, Rizzo update is brought to you by Body Armor. I don't know if they're cool with me mixing it with vodka, but whatever. You got to hydrate while you're drinking, right? Well, listen, I, I think as long as you're drinking Body Armor, it's working well. Get it at the Jewels. Talk to some Tito's. Get a little Tito's in there. Get I'm sure that helps as well. At the Jewels. All right, 312-332-3776. We're talking baseball with you. Here's Alex in Maryland listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, boys? Uh... So I was thinking about what Adala said about possibly what are we going to do with these guys, Bryant, uh, Baez, et cetera. So I think what we should do next year, regardless of what happens this year, is bring the gang back together for another year. Uh, we currently have $97 million in cap space allocated next year. That should be enough to arbitrate um, with Bryant, Baez, uh, and some of the other guys that are approaching their free agency so I think you, uh, you know, you don't you buy out the lesser contract um, or offer him, you know, 15 mil, maybe, you know, 13 mil. You patch up the bullpen, the hitting as needed. And then, um, you know, you have Darvish, Mills, Hendricks, uh, and then Lester for another year. And then maybe you have enough space in there somewhere to sign Trevor Bauer. So anyway, uh, that's what I have. And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Alex. Good call. And uh, listen, Trevor Bauer on this uh, staff would be fantastic. The one thing I would wonder, though, is if you're kind of staying with everyone that you have except for John Lester and you're looking to sign Trevor Bauer, what about Tom Ricketts telling us about biblical losses because of COVID-19, the pandemic? There's no money, right? There's no money in the banana stand, It's something that we've heard for a long time, multiple off-seasons, that there's no money in the banana stand. Trying to find some money for the family. Always money in the banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. Always money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! No touching! That's one from one of our favorite shows, Arrested Development. But, like, that is Wrigley Field. That is Wrigleyville. 
for the Ricketts family. There is always money. Uh, is there money in the rooftop walls? Well, I'm just saying, Can I go to the rooftop walls? I mean, there's always money in the banana stand. Always, right? Like they always. But then COVID-19 hits mm-hmm. and whether or not. And remember, before this took place, the pandemic took place. The Cubs have had a budget, right? Yep. Of spending on the team. Yep. And they have a new uh, marquee network, TV station. Yeah. There's um, always money in the banana stand. No touching. No touching. No touching. Pat the designer on Twitter. You can tweet us at Adam A. Abdallah, at Chris Black. If this is the end for this core Cubs team, how will this team be remembered as a whole? Of course, you remember the World Series, but this team's offense and pitching has been a problem for multiple years in a row. Yeah. I would answer that with uh, unreached potential, right? Like you won a World yeah. Series. Okay. Cool. And you got far in the playoffs for a few years. Cool. But this was supposed to be the decade of the Cubs. Like, this was supposed to be a the legendary run. run. Yeah, a legendary in run. Yeah. Sports history. Multiple World Series. Yeah. Multiple World Series with the amount of money that they spent, the prospects that finally came to fruition. I would say, yes, you win the one and congratulations, but untapped potential. I hope that. For Cup fans, I hope the Dodgers don't win the title this year. Because the because ready, this is gonna be tough for those listening who are Cup fans. The Dodgers have played your game and they've done it better. And if they get that title, not only have they had the consecutive National League West championships, they've gotten farther than you have. Mm-hmm. And if they get that title, they've done it better than you've done it, and probably they're set up for the future in a better fashion than you have. The Dodgers have outdone what you did that was so special in 2016. You better mm-hmm. hope they don't win the title this year. Yeah, right. absolutely. Like, well, I think, yeah. The Cubs, because the Cubs were supposed to be that team of the National League. They were supposed to be the well, team. You also, Young talent coming together for years together. You, well, you also look at other teams that have just done it better than them. The Astros did it better. Well, they the, cheated. The, well, okay, okay. But they built the team, right? They yeah. built that team. Like, they're still talented. Say what you want about them cheating. They're still talented. The Padres are doing it. The White Sox are starting to do it. You know, the the other teams around you have figured out. I'm not saying Theo and Jed aren't good at their job, but they may have written the blueprint on how to do this of be really bad, acquire prospects, spend on pitching. But everybody else has figured it out, too. You just tell your fan base you're going to be really bad for a few years, and you go, look at what the Red Sox did, and look at what the Cubs did. And then you go, oh, okay, cool, we'll put up with it. And then you put up with it, and it comes to fruition. We're talking baseball with you at 312-332-3776. Here's Parker in Barrington. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Parker? Hey. What's up, man? Uh, I was wondering if you can answer me. When do you think the White Sox will break out of the slump that they've been in for the past week? Oh, that's a good question. I hope soon, right, Parker? Yeah. How far are the Sox going to go in the playoffs this year? Uh, I think I think they're going. I think they're going to make it to the finals, but I don't think they'll win it based on this other talent by the other teams like the Dodgers and stuff. But I still think they'll get pretty far. Yeah, that's a good call. Thanks, Parker. And yeah, the Dodgers are good. We were just talking about yeah, them. I think the White Sox can. I would hope that they break out of this slump sooner, uh, obviously, than later, as this is the final week of the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. season. And you would like them to have a good series against the Indians. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talked about this uh, against the Indians this year. And to Parker's point, the White Sox were 2-4 and four against the Indians up until coming into tonight. Dane Dunning giving up four runs early in this contest. So, yeah. Can the Sox battle back tonight 
and we saw them flip the script on the Twins in this season, mm-hmm. can they do the same on the Indians, another team well, that has really handed it to them as of late? I think you look at their last few games, right? Stever started on Friday, and that was the day after the clinching, and like we kind of all, you know... Assumed there was some hangover from uh, you. You from, assume from winning. We, you assume. I listen. You go out. I you party a little that. bit. You party I, a little bit. That's you fine. You clinch a playoff spot. Look, you didn't win the division. You beat Trevor Bauer, uh, and you won against Cincinnati five to nothing there. And then you and I have talked about it for the last two starts that Dylan Cease has had about how he's been extremely lucky with leaving guys on base and with his fastball. And finally, it caught up to him. Yeah. And it caught up to him yesterday. And now they're losing four to nothing to Cleveland right now. And Dane Dunning, you know, if this is Dane, what if Dane, if this is like Dane Dunning's only bad start, then okay. But the offense has been a problem. You're, you're batting, uh, Robert seventh, which tons of Sox fans have a problem with. Uh, Frank Thomas was on the pregame show talking about how fed up he is with, with, uh, batting Robert seventh and he should be much higher up in the lineup. So I think that there are issues and hopefully they can get out of this slump with only a week left in the... But you know what the recipe for the slump is? The Cubs. When they see them for three to finish yeah, the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get that swag back when they meet the Cubs. Let's talk to Tom on the northwest side. Tom, you're on ESPN 1000. Hi, fellas. How you doing tonight? We're good. How are you? Fine. Thank you. I just wanted to chime in. I'm doing a little Fred Hubner for you. Uh, get off my lawn kind of stuff. I'm just... I'm sick of the 60-game deal. It is terrible. All the new rules that have been uh, put in place, like the seven-inning seven uh, doubleheaders and the man on second and the tenth inning, uh, all of these things are wearing really thin on me. I, I don't know about other people, but really? uh, I just... I uh, like I, some I, of I, it, Tom. Really well, you know, because you're in this short window, <laughs> they have to... Like the, the seven-inning twin bill thing, right. I understand. As long as it's just for this, this uh, goofy uh, year... That's fine, but you look at the Sox now. If they if they're swooning in this short, you know, this short window that we got another week, it, let's say they really, let's say they lose three out of four to the Indians, which hope that the, the Twins are going to be in first place. <laughs> I, I I'm almost sure of that I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it but doesn't how, happen too. How do you guys feel about that? Because. I'll tell you, you know, I'm much older than even Fred, uh, and I I really I can't stand it. It's just just too much. And I'm just hoping that uh, Robert pulls out of his swoon, uh, just like Schwarber on the north side. We're swooning at the wrong time. It's like uh, our friend uh, uh, McCann last year at the end of the year. You know, he swooned really bad. We need to be like the Yankees now. we got to get hot. Tom, can I ask you a question of the new rules that we've seen in this season? Which one irritates you the most? Did you say the double, seventh thing, double headers? The one that, uh, that irritates me the most is the uh, uh, man on second. Man on second. Okay. Right, right. And I understand they're trying to cut down on the time. That's right. all because right. of the short window. But uh, I hope that they don't institute all these things. What they need to do is they need to have a time clock on these pitchers that are stepping off the mound all the time, and, and the umpires don't do anything about it. Yeah, pitch it, right? Right, exactly. Catch it and pitch hey, it. Let's, we, need, we need to have, we need to have uh, Kyle Hendricks all over the place. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, uh, enjoy your banter, especially about baseball. And I'm hoping that 
things turn out better, but the Cubs are not looking good, and the, the Cubs are lucky because they're going to be playing the Pirates. But what? It, uh, another thing uh, to get off the subject for just a moment. Yeah, go ahead. What do you th- What do you think about Carson Fulmer? The second time he's been with the Pirates, he's been with the White Sox, he's been with the Tigers, he's been with the Orioles, and now they're they're playing back and forth. You know, like the Orioles tried to pass him through. Uh, uh, waivers, but the Pirates picked him back up. This guy, I'll tell you, I don't see his career lasting much longer. I, if if he goes to another year of this, I don't. What guy is going to be able to do that? You know, here this guy was number one pitcher at uh, Tennessee. You know, and it is really horrible the way his uh, his career has done. Uh, you know. Luckily, he had a big payday. You know what I mean. You got to look at it that way. He yeah. made a lot of money with uh, with the uh, the draft. But uh, anyway, it's just a shame because he had such great stuff, just no control. Thanks for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. Okay, bye bye now. Uh, yeah, the Pirates claim uh, Carson Fulmer uh, off of waivers on Monday today mm-hmm. uh, from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pitching uh, ten games this season, ten inning. Ten innings and a third, uh, 4.35 ERA and a a war of point one. Uh, but, yeah, he's kind of bounced around, uh, Carson Fulmer. But, it, you know, the one thing that I would say to Tom and the new rules, I like some of the new rules because it seems as if uh, the sport has really focused in on what's important. Like the DH in both leagues makes sense, right? I kind of like the schedule being condensed to only playing teams in your region. I don't know why. I just kind of like that we're going to know the playoff teams are, are from the regions, right? And then in the playoffs, you mix everyone together. I kind of like that. I don't know. It feels a little old school. It's new, but it feels old school to me. I like the eight playoff teams. To me, to this point, going into the final week of this season, it's been interesting. I get the people who are against it because in the National League, don't you have a bunch of teams fighting around 500 to get in yeah. the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's not desirable. No. But that would also suggest that there's years where teams who are around 500 are not in contention for the wild card, which that does happen. So I think there's a lot of good to take away from the new rules that we're seeing in baseball this year. If you didn't think all calls were welcome, you listened to the last four minutes of this program right here. We got old, young. We got new baseball fans. We got uh, old baseball fans. You know, some of them are. Some of them just want the White Sox to win, and some of them... Don't like this the man on second. I don't like the man on second. It's and, not for me. If you put and, how about this? I would put a man on first. Yeah. Put a man on first. It's yeah. harder to score. All right. I don't like the man on second. Put and him we, on first. We also have this tweet from Raphael oh, that no. says, Uh-oh. um, we were talking about lollygagging earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he said, mm-hmm. What if someone choked on a lollipop? Oh. And the guy behind him said, What are you? Lollygagging? Wrigley on the north to guaranteed rate on the south. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This is the Baseball Show. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah here on the baseball show. All calls welcome, especially your Bears calls. 
here on a Bears Monday on ESPN 1000. In five minutes, we'll talk Bears football with you right here on ESPN 1000. But first, let's get to stat of the night. Jambi's on base percentage was 476. Stat of the night. Damon's on base, 324. Almeida's was 291. On the baseball show. Add that up and you get... Want me to speak? When I point you get. 1092. On ESPN 1000. And you have Chris Bryant news too, right? I do. Do you want the stat of the night first or do you want... uh, You tell me. Or do you want Bryant news? So Bryant tweaked something in his... Hold on, let me me hit the chimes. Was that for which one? What is that for? There's a lot to update here. A lot to update. Cubs Pirates bottom three. Chris Bryant update. Go ahead. So the Cubs are up one nothing. Bottom three. Um, Chris Bryant came out of the game after tweaking something during a swing in his shoulder. Uh, David Bodie has taken over at third. You want to? You want to hit the? Uh, the White Sox have cut the Indians' lead in half after a Jose Abreu uh, single. They now are trailing 4-2 to two in the top of the fifth inning. Uh, can we do a little uh, throwback for stat of the night tonight? Tonight's yeah. stat, 2,632. 2,632. Now, to kind of go back even farther than, than what this stat signifies, Lou Gehrig's streak of games played, Cal Ripken Jr. passed Lou Gehrig on September 6, 1995, which was at 2,131 games played. Remember this, Abdallah, back in the day, old baseball for us 90s kids? Remember this? And usually the number nine hitter is, is, is the worst hitter in the lineup. Popped him up. Manny Alexander out into right field. He's got it. And now it's time for the moment you've been waiting for. The Orioles are running in from the bullpen to the dugout to congratulate Cal Ripken. It is official now. Cal Ripken has broken Lou Gehrig's record. The new record set by the Orioles Iron Man 2,131 consecutive games. Okay, remember, and then in Camden Yards on the on the building, they, they rolled down the, the number of games as Cal Ripken passed Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Well, yesterday, September 20th in 1998, Cal Ripken did not play for the Orioles, breaking his streak at 2,632 consecutive mm. games played. And that is your stat of the night. That's that's a lot of games. Pretty good, right? It's a lot of games. Uh, do we have another update? We do. Aloy Jimenez has Woo! hit a two-run Baby. home run and tied the game for the White Sox what at up? four apiece. Who uh, was just calling and asking about the uh, Sox offense? That would be... Tom? Uh, was that Tom? Was no, Parker. it was Parker. Parker. It was little Parker. Yeah, we a little Parker. Yeah, a little confirm or deny it was, it, was, it was primetime Parker Dickerson. That'd be awesome. If, if, if I don't Parker think so. left he's, the house too with a cell phone and then called us... You think if you think if Parker stole a cell phone, he's calling us? Yeah, maybe. I mean, no. we're pretty cool, right? He's buying Fortnite skins is what he's doing. Yeah, but you you can do that and make calls at the same time. I don't think you can. All right, we will uh, take all your phone calls coming up next. We're going to talk baseball. We're sticking with you. And we are back in two minutes. It's Black and Abdallah talking Bears with you here on ESPN 1000. This is the baseball show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.